Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host this podcast. Hello everybody. Happy Thursday. I hope you're all doing well and staying sane and all those fun things. Um, we're almost at the end of the week. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to get through some of these like winter months here. I know like kind of like everywhere... Um, well, I guess not everywhere because some countries are in their summertime right now. But for us, we're in our winter months. And even what's going down the States right now and Texas and um, even here we had that really cold snap. But now it's nice. That's nice. Even in Ireland, it's pretty cold in England. So I hope we're all just staying well. Chill out. I've been very unmotivated recently. Like it is taking everything in my power to like do stuff after work. Like I just want to go home and I want to go into bed. Like seasonal depression maybe or just laziness maybe but I don't care like it's it's okay just to like let go sometimes and give your body your break we're just talking about that at work today like how we all just give ourselves like such a hard time and um things can be much worse and it's okay just to relax and not do anything and uh I personally I love my antisocial weeks I love like not I know it's horrible but I love not talking to my friends and just maybe hard to believe for some people who know me but um love my little bit of antisocial I try and embrace it every once in a while and even this past weekend I was the laziest bitch ever like I literally didn't do like I cleaned and that's about it because if I didn't clean I'd probably go insane um but uh yeah I just I went on Friday it was great it was so nice to get dressed up did the makeup, spent hours getting ready like I used to and it just felt so good. Um, and then drank draft beers all night long. Never in my life had a hangover like I did on Saturday. And I haven't got drunk in a really long team, team, time either. Um, I'm usually on the Ola edibles if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I always like, I think it's such a bad thing, but like it's literally legal here so I don't even know why I'm like always like secretive about the whole thing um but uh yeah it just it just suits me better and I love having a good old laugh on them but uh yeah so I haven't been hung over in a really really long time and draft beer now that was a new type of hangover for me literally felt like my brain was going to come bursting out of my skull and oozing out my eyes and ears it was exploding um, I don't know how my boyfriend got up to work in the morning. That that is dedication and that is motivation if I ever seen it. Because um, <laughs> I was the complete opposite. I got up at 8, went to get a, a Tylenol, which is like essentially paracetamol. And uh, freaking went back into bed and fell asleep till 11. And it was great. And then we went out for a walk with my mom to the dog park. Um, we tr- dog parks are great here. We don't have them in England or Ireland we just usually let them run off in a field um but yeah just did that and then mum's like do you want to feel like uh, a Mickey D's and I was like oh my god absolutely I do I'm the most hungover freaking son of a bitch in this whole world right now I absolutely want um a McDonald's so got a McDonald's it was fantastic and I had pizza for dinner <laughs> so <laughs> Um, how was my uh, healthy eating choices this weekend? I would say zero. And I don't care. I also made mum and dad that feta pasta from TikTok. 
It's a great hit. Very glad they liked it. Um, and then Saturday, that was that. That was honestly that was my Saturday. Sunday made pasta. Didn't get out of bed till about half twelve. Um, and I started watching. The reason why I didn't get out of bed, I got up pretty early. I was probably up about half eight, but started watching this really good show. Um, and it, it was called. I wrote it down here. The White House Farms. Or White House Farm Murder or something like that. And it's based off a true story that happened in 85 in Essex, England. Oh, sorry, I'm fidgeting and I'm dropping stuff. Um, Maybe you didn't even hear that. But yeah, it's about um a murder that had happened in Essex in 1985. And it's all based off a true story. Um, Essentially this like mother murder or it was perceived the mother had murdered her whole family in her house including her two twin boys who were like six years old at the time and uh then it as you get further into the show you're like oh no that is not the case and it's fantastic it was filmed in i think 2019 came out in 2020 absolutely brilliant show the only thing is it's not on canadian netflix it might be on american netflix but it's absolutely on the uk and irish netflix it's it was um broadcasted on itv in the uk and ireland but is on like the english and irish netflix might be on like other other european um netflix accounts too i'm not too sure but it is fantastic i've never been so invested in a show like i i watched the whole season apart from the last episode of um of it and then i just watched that sunday night when i went back into bed um but really really good it's such a good like the way they dramatize the whole excuse me the way they dramatize the whole show too so good um so i watched that at the weekend and honestly i didn't really watch much else we started watching bloodlands um which is a show that's on the bbc right now and that is about um an ex-ira member and um basically coming for uh and he's in working the police force now and he's having to face some past traumas that have happened from being in the ira and everything it's filmed in belfast it's got some really good um famous irish actors people who were in um like the fall um some of his children um if you know this one it's an irish show oh god christ and i just forgot the name of it love hate um like really popular irish actors um so really good even i was kind of finding it hard to even understand what they were saying it is based out of belfast but fantastic really well done so we're watching that right now it only comes out every sunday so if you can i would absolutely recommend watching that someone asked me if when i talk about shows if they're ads no they're not ads i do not get paid um another show i really want to start watching is it's a sim um that one is out on prime worldwide about the gay scene um and, and queer scene and whatever in england back when it was starting to get popular and people could actually start coming out more and everything well it was like kind of an underground scene um but popular for people who were gay who were keeping it a secret and everything so um that one is coming out and it's kind of through like um the aids pandemic and stuff so uh definitely check that out I'm gonna start watching that tonight I think because last night I was so tired and I went right to bed when I came home and didn't watch any tv 
which I'm trying to do. I'm also trying to have like better sleep hygiene as I'm learning about in therapy. So I've start, I always wear an eye mask to bed, always. Um, I remember when I was younger, my dad was like, if you start wearing those, you'll never sleep properly again. He's like, he'll be addicted to them. And I was like, addicted to a piece of cloth in my eyes, which I am now addicted to it. I love it. I can't sleep without them. I have one in my camper and I bring one everywhere that I sleep. Even if it's just for a night, even when I'm going to a hotel, I always bring an eye mask. But they said, eye mask, um, no blue light activity for at least half an hour before you go to bed. So no being on your phone or watching TV and um earbuds like uh to kind of cancel out sound and stuff so those are the things i've been doing and like honestly like last night i had an amazing sleep and of course the cheeky little melatonin here and there so um that's kind of like all what i've been doing to have good sleep hygiene and i always try and be in bed for at least like nine hours but i usually get about seven to eight hours of sleep because I just toss and turn a lot in the night and get up to pee and I drink a lot of water. Speaking of water, some ASMR for you guys. <laughs> I often wonder if that annoy people. I know it annoys Chris. He cannot stand people going. And you know what? It's starting to get my nerves too when I hear people do it. I cannot stand when people chew with your mouth open. Although I do catch myself doing it here and there. Um, Yeah, so that is really all I have to update you on. My week this week at work is very, very lax nothing really exciting happening a little candle here lit beside me when i left started telling you guys my true crime story but uh that is all i really have to report back to you guys even though the pubs are open i still have nothing exciting to tell you shock horror um i actually you know one thing i saw on instagram was people just talking about it was one of my friends who shared this post about how um we shouldn't feel bad that we're not texting all our friends all the time. We shouldn't feel bad that we're not being like, oh my god, let's hang out. Like when things get better. Oh my god, I miss you. Blah blah blah, blah. like all that stuff because we're sick of saying it. And, you know, we're all in the same boat where it's just like we're just sitting there waiting for this all to end, and um, it's like out of our control and stuff. And just to kind of just embrace it and not feel guilty. Like I, I was really finding that hard, being like, oh, I feel like I'm not making as much of an effort for my friends. When really and truly, I feel like I make like a lot of effort for my friends. Um, so I was just like, you know, give it a break. <laughs> I was even talking about it to my therapist. I'm like, am I a bitch for not wanting to be with my friends and not wanting to talk to them all the time? I hate constant communication, um, and constant hanging out as well. And I just was like, it's just overwhelming for me. And she was like, no. She was like, do you actually think there's something wrong with you? If if you can't do that and I'm like no I guess not and I was then she was like yeah well there you go there's your answer and I was like fair enough great <laughs> I will just be antisocial then <laughs> um so if you're feeling that way too you know it's okay and it's completely normal but uh let's get to the good stuff how about that all right well enjoy episode 31 um please don't forget to rate review subscribe please start, please keep sharing with your friends my reviews are slowly going up um it's a very very slow process not a, i wouldn't have expected it any other way but um i'm still enjoying to see my numbers and my reviews going up so thank you very much and uh happy listening okay so here we go episode 31 today we're gonna do uh a nice <clears throat> canadian murderer i mean i don't know why i said nice but i mean like going to the canadians we're going back to canada where i live currently 
in a basement in Calgary, Alberta. Okay, that was awkward. <laughs> right, so I've actually never heard of Clifford Olsen. Olsen. I've like literally never heard of this guy, but the story is fucking insane, and he is just a fucking little shit. That's what he is. So, um, based out of Vancouver, BC, um, let's get into it. So on Christmas Day of 1980, when a man is walking his dog, um, he stumbles upon like a small hole, and he mentions to reporters the smell once he walked by that hole, literally smelled like a dead body, and um, it was like rancid and just rotten essentially. Um, as to his as to his surprise. Um, he got like a little bit closer and he had found the body of a young girl, uh, Christine Weller. Um, it had almost been a month since she had last been seen and she was known to run away from home quite often. Um, so she was only actually reported missing um, six days before her body had been found. So my thoughts behind this are, okay, you know, our daughter's gone, run about right let's just see when she comes back and it's getting closer to christmas and now they're like okay fuck like we're actually scared like let's report her missing um and you know i I think that whole panic because it's just before christmas kind of settled in that's kind of what my thoughts would be behind that maybe um and yeah so she was uh six days before she was reported missing um, she had 10 stab wounds. Um, her throat had been slit twice and also evidence of sexual assault. Um, so, you know, it was just a lot of like questioning by police and people were like wondering like how could this like, st- like such a brutal murder happen like so close to Christmas. Um, and, you know, people were like wondering because it was like, quite a small town where like this guy is is he gonna hurt other kids and uh, cause quite a lot of panic um many men were questioned by police um and three men who were actually questioned were living in the town uh one of them being clifford olsen as the main suspect but never never got further questioning and kind of was just like left after that so um he, yeah, he never actually got, like, questioned specifically for Christine's murder for whatever reason. They just kind of had him um, on close radar. But anyways. Uh, months go by, and then the body of Colleen had been... Colleen Daniel had been found. Um, or, sorry, had been reported missing. Um, She was a 13-year-old girl. Not There's not much known about these kids on the internet. It's very, very hard to find any sort of... um information on them which like i always do try to focus on the actual victims of these assaults and murders um but unfortunately the media goes the other way and they try to just focus on the murder which is sometimes what these narcissists want they want the attention of the media actually in that white house farms that's exactly what that guy wanted um in the show spoiler alert whoopsie um so where was i in my little thing yeah so she was uh, an energetic young girl um but she was quite shy um i wouldn't really be known to like go running off 
Um, so it was six days later, a 16-year-old named Darren uh, Ton, John, sorry, Todd Johnsrud uh, was also reported missing. Um, he was wandering around and around the town and he had off, been offered a job by a, a, a man um, and he decided, oh, you know what, I'll get in the car with this guy. It seems okay. Um, sadly, they have found his body two weeks later and there was no signs... Oh, sorry, and there were signs of sexual assault. Um, and he had been bludgeoned to death by like, a hammer-like object. Um, very surprisingly, the RCMP, uh, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Um, a fun thing, a fun little fact about that. I had to learn about the RCMP, obviously, um, for my Canadian citizenship exam. And they're actually the highest form of security in Canada. There was like four. There was like four options. There was like the um, Canadian police, the RCMP, um, armed forces, and then um, uh, it was like the National Air Force or something. And I put the police. So I was like, oh, like I never knew that the RCMP were so high up here in Canada. I honestly did not know that because they were always like, oh, call the police, you know. But yeah, so uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and they dress really fancy. Um, and I think in like Ottawa and the in the capital, they um, they go around in their horses. I'm dressed in really nice red coats. I got a picture next one after I finished my exam. Only got one question wrong on my exam. May I add, probably the only exam I've actually done really well in. <laughs> um, so. Uh, they had not connected all three of these cases. Uh, it wasn't suspicious to them. It was just because it was very sporadic at the time. But unfortunately, it does get quite close and very um, intense, I guess you could say. Uh, so they were all very different from one another, their ages, their sex, and the way that they were murdered. Um, so Sandra Wolfstinger, she was the next to go missing and she was also 16 years old. Uh, police suspected that she was just another runaway uh, and not a top priority of their cases at all. So that kind of, that case kind of went cold and she just went missing and that was that. On June 21st, uh, Ada Court, um, she was just a 15 year old, or sorry, 13 year old and she had vanished she was actually babysitting um, her nieces and then finished babysitting and went to go meet her boyfriend but never actually arrived to meet him and that caused obviously uproar and reported her missing. Nothing happened, nothing appeared. Um, uh, Simon Parrington was only 19 years old and he disappeared on July 2nd. So now you can see they're actually starting to get like a lot closer in the dates. Um, he had finished his morning cereal. Oh, this is like, he, he, you know, this is such a sad story. Like he just kind of goes out uh, to play with some, sorry, he's nine years old, not 19 years old. I can't read my writing clearly. Um, he just finished his morning cereal, um, to meet up with some of his friends, but also never made it to meet up with his friends. So this person who is finding these children is, um, you know, watching there. He's on the prowl. He's in a vehicle, you know. And again, it's still not raising any sort of suspicion to police. Um, so 
after that then there's a few more missing persons cases and they're not like linked and they're like okay finally the police the rcmp and police um started to believe that something was going on with all the children and the young adults especially with ada and simon with being so young and smart and they wouldn't be run they wouldn't be runaways that age and they came from like quite well that wealthy like households and stuff and it was just very odd for you know young kids under the age of like eight to just go running away um so i guess under the age of 10 sorry so um it was strange for them to just bugger off i guess so on july 3rd sandra pocker and her friend uh rose smythe i'm not sure if it's smythe or smith because like in Ireland, when you smell or smell, when you spell Smythe like S M Y T H, that's Smith. But in all the other reports, they're saying Smythe. So I'm guessing that's just a Canadian way of saying Smith. Um, they were hanging out together, at a local arcade. It was the summertime. It's you know their summer holidays, having a great old time for themselves, and they're you know they're in their teens. And they're hanging at the arcade and it was at the local mall and it was like a frequent place for like most teens to go hang out. Um, but something completely out of the ordinary happened on that Friday. Um, a man appeared offering them work. Um, he came across like across quite friendly and not weird at all. Now, totally sinless for my, my favorite murder, but adults do not ask kids for help. Like and it's such a true saying, you know, if they're lost, they're probably going to go to another adult. If they want jobs done or work, they're going to go to another adult, you know. It's not it's not normal for you to be a child and hanging out in an arcade or in a mall or in a park and an adult comes up to you and offers you work. That is not normal and that is not okay. Stranger fucking danger. Get the fuck away um same thing with like anything like oh can you like help me carry my groceries out of my car or could you help me with this like no adults do not need to ask you for help ask another adult okay even still say fuck off (laughs) i don't want to although like i love helping people i helped a little old lady today open the door and her husband just left her there in her wheelchair didn't even press the wheelchair button he's like i'll just meet you out of the car and she's like oh i need to put sanitizer on my hands and then he's like okay fine i'll meet you out of the car and like she's in like one of those like walker wheelchair things where it's got a seat but it's also a walker and she's like barely standing up to put the sanitizer on her hands it's like one of those pumps by the door and i get up and i'm like hey can i help you and then she was like oh i just need to put sanitizer on i was like okay well i'll help you get out of the freaking shop that your husband just left you there i'm like what a dick i'll be freaking running him over with my wheelchair I'm way too bossy for a man to ever treat me like that. And he just buggers off into his huge truck. I'm like, do you want me to help you get in your truck? Because I feel like he's not going to help you. Now, this is just what I was seeing from where I was standing. But from what I was seeing, it was not a pretty picture and it was not nice. So, yes, you can help adults (laughs) in some cases. This is where I'm basically going with my little side, side note here um so he offered them a job and they were all like super excited for it because you know they're young girls they want to buy clothes they want to hang out of the arcade it's summertime they want treats they want ice cream all these things cell phones were not a thing but i can imagine if they were it would be great to like pay for a cell phone or you know um pay for your credit on your phone or whatever it is um i was mad to start making money at that age busking on the streets playing my little fiddle 
you know, hard day's work, <laughs> literally begging essentially. Um, so he said he was in the construction business and hit that he was looking for people to help clean the apartment complex before it was finished and before people could buy it. Um, not overly concerned, the girls jumped at the chance to make some money and it was $10 an hour. Now, this I believe was in the 70s, I think. Maybe it was like late 80s. I actually can't remember the date and I should probably look that up, but you know me. Not always that organized. Um, so he offered them $10, which was a lot of money because when I moved to Canada, $10 was the minimum wage and now I've been here eight years and... Actually, no, it was lower. When I moved here, it was like $8, $8.50. And I've been here eight years and now it's $15. It's the minimum wage. Um, so they had no like alarm bells. He didn't seem weird. Um, I'm sure they went home and like consulted with their parents, I can imagine. And if they didn't, that's very weird. Because I would have been like, oh my God, mom this man he came up to me and he offered me a job and i would have been like blabbing on about it because i can't keep my mouth shut um but i mean everything seemed to be all fine and dandy and again no alarm bells were raised so he says you know it's that's a friday he's like come meet me back at the arcade uh the following monday morning and you'll be able to start work meet me at 7 8 7 30 in the morning and um off they go when they Monday comes around the corner and uh, they pull up, waited for, he pulled up, waited for the girls and the girls hopped in and off they went. Um, they even stopped for a coffee along the way. So, and like, I can imagine their heads like, this is fucking great. Like we've just got offered a job, $10 an hour. We're cleaning. It's me and my best friend. And he's also buying us coffee and like treats. Hell yeah, food is the way to my heart. That's why I'm very afraid. And like, if someone was like, I have Wendy's and I can't eat it all, will you come to my car and grab it? I'd be like, yeah, of course I would. <laughs> I actually wouldn't, just in case people don't get my sarcasm. Um, so when they get there, uh, Olsen had said that the apartment wasn't actually ready so they drove to a second location for another job and that job also wasn't ready um, so he dropped them back at the arcade and he said he was like so sorry but um, he actually had another job for only one person so one of the girls um, if they wanted it and if one of them really wanted to make money so I guess they kind of made a decision between two of them okay you can have this job but the next time he has another job I'm going to have it so I believe it was Sandra that went off with him. Um, and then, yeah, Rose was dropped off. So Sandra went off to work with him and, well, so she thought. And Rose was dropped off back at the arcade. Um, which I'm like, I just, I feel like even then at that age, I would have red flags. I'd be like, you're trying to separate me, my friend. I feel like I would. I grew up very suspicious. You know, good old Irish parents always putting the fear of god me um but i definitely feel like i would have like been like hmm i don't trust you so unfortunately that wasn't the case at all he pulled up um after doing some errands and offered um offered some beer to sandra um just after they'd done some running around and everything i guess like that was her job for the day 
Um, so she took some beer. She's probably like, oh, this is going to be my first time trying it. And I kind of trust this man. He hasn't done anything weird yet, even though it's only been day one. And uh, she took it and she started drinking it. Um, he then stopped again. So like right now he's like drunk dry or under the influence, I guess. Like not completely drunk, but he's definitely under the influence. And he stops and then he gets some whiskey. And she also drank some of the whiskey. Um, so then Sandra started to feel uncomfortable as her alcohol, you know, starts to set in and she's starting to feel like a little woozy and whatever. We all know what was like the first time getting drunk, even if it was just like a little bit of, uh, you know, the devil's water, as we say. No one says that. I don't think. Chris has the devil's lettuce. (laughs) I love that. Um, so... Then she started to actually feel afraid. She was like, okay, my body's starting to feel like a little bit of out of control. I'm not liking this lack of control. And he pulled her into the car and pulled her into a car park and then went into the back of the car and attempted to rape her. But lucky enough for Sandra, she wasn't just some little pussy ass bitch. She went and she fucking fought this guy. She's like, not today, you disgusting motherfucker. I'm going to beat the hell out of you. She fought him so hard that he actually had to stop. He started getting tired and, um, you know, she just fought and fought and fought. Um, and he actually dropped her back off the arcade. She didn't run away. Um, you know, she was scared and she was so shaken as she got out of the car. But what drove by with the RCMP and she flags him down. She runs right to them and she just lets them know what had happened. Obviously shaken and scared. And uh, I just like thought like what like you know what are the chances like that is just so so insane. So, um, they put out an alert for the driver and the car, and they actually find Olson right away. Um, and he was under the influence. He was well into the whiskey and the beer by that point. Like my boyfriend after a good night camping, um, and they charged him with a DUI and sexual assault uh Clifford Olsen you know then they have this Clifford Olsen guy in custody for a little bit here because they're like trying to investigate a little bit more so Clifford Olsen um he was not known to be a good man at all um you know there's some statements saying that even when he was in high school he was known to be a bit of a bully um you know he had multiple multiple um I guess uh, charges against him. I think it was like over ninety nine charges. Um, he was born in Canada on on in Canada, Vancouver. Can- Jeez, okay. He was born in Vancouver, Canada, in nineteen forty, and he was born on New Year's Day. That's what I'm trying to say. That's that's literally what I'm trying to say, <laughs> and I can't say it. Um. So, and his parents were Clifford Sr. and Leona. So, he was obviously well-known by his police, um, had a very low standard in their eyes. Um, he'd, been tr- he'd been getting in trouble with the police since the age of 10 and had over 99 arrests. Um, some were theft, some were robbery, some were sexual assault, um, and some were grand theft auto. Um, he was even in trouble in prison um, because he was known as a rat. So he would get beaten up and in lots of fucking trouble in prison because he was just always blabbing his mouth. And yeah, so he actually became really close to a guy in prison called Gary Marco. 
um and he became fascinated with gary because um he had raped and brutally murdered a young girl and um just became fascinated with the whole idea of it and wanted to know more and befriended him and just wanted to know everything about him so i think this is where his fascination came in with the actual murder of children after meeting this guy um in 1978 he was then released from prison okay so it wasn't the 80s this happened because like it was literally immediately after he got released from prison he started going on this killing spree essentially um in his adult years um he spent in, in all of his adult years he spent four years of a free man for the rest of his life he spent in jail or in prison um, and he does have a wife but there's like nothing to actually show the only time it, it comes up in wife is kind of, or his wife comes up in the story is kind of towards the end and it's not even really remotely important. Um, sus- police suspected he was B- F- BC's actual like first serial killer, and um, you know, it left him like there was like so many reports about him, and um, you know, people and his like alcohol levels and all these things when he was pulled over, and just all these different reports and stories that people were starting to tell about him and started to realize him once they started to realize that the police were kind of on to him. Um, so moving on, unfortunately, the list gets longer for all these people that he um, attacked. So Judy Cosma, she was uh, only a young girl, also offered a job. Um, she took it but this time Olsen had um, a friend in the car with him um, and his name was Randy and actually later on in the story Randy actually testifies against him once Olsen starts getting caught out which um, ends up helping them arrest him because they needed someone to actually clarify so on July 23rd uh, Raymond King he was a 15 year old boy who went missing and he was out on his bike um but unfortunately he went when he went missing they found his bike and no sign of raymond at all uh, on july 20 uh 24th sorry if i can't sorry if i'm not pr- pronouncing this name sisma aren't a uh, german student she went missing she was studying abroad um on july 25th judy cosmond um she had her body had been found sorry her body was found and it was completely decompo- decomposed am i having a stroke today is everything okay um she her body was found decomposed and she'd been stabbed multiple times uh terry lynn uh carsonage he was also went missing uh, reported missing um on july 30th louise charbrand um she was also reported missing uh there's literally these are coming days after days after days after days like it's not even sporadic at this point and it's really really starting to alarm police uh so rcmp met up with detectives and they start they wrote out like a five page report um about all these missing children and all then there occurred to be like much more similarities about how he was being picked up in cars and stuff and um, their main suspect then was um olsen so and this was becoming like a rapid pace there was just children going missing day after day so they actually ended up being able to get in the special o unit um it's an elite group specializing in surveillance um so like pretty intense surveillance uh and in the middle of all this raymond king's body had actually been found um 
beaten and close to where Judy's body had also been found. So he was going to quite similar places as well. So the special old team uh, watched Olsen intensely over the next few days. They even drove around, he even drove around different cars to pick up these people. And they were watching him pick him up. Like he had, he had no idea that this was happening. And um, they even went as far as he went out to Vancouver Island um, trying to pick up people. So the special O team uh, followed him over to the island as well. Um, so then there was um, another girl that he had picked up and they, he wanted to give her beer. And they are watching this happen. The special O team is watching this all happen. So he picks up this young girl. Um, he starts giving her beer. They're watching this from their vehicle. And then something happens where he just snaps and he starts yelling at her and losing his temper and they were the special o team were just like you know what this is getting too insane to watch let's get in there so they go in and they arrest him um and when they were looking at his vehicle they had actually found an address book because they couldn't actually tie olsen to all these missing cases and all these murder cases just yet so when they get into his car, they look in his address book. But what's written in his address book? But Judy's address written by her. Because they could tell the difference between his writing and then she must have wrote her address in the car. So they said to themselves, we can find a way to link um, Judy's address and him and to her missing body. Then we can get him in and we can hold him in longer. Um, so the next morning they interrogated him. And then that interrogation went on for about four days. Uh, but they got nothing from him. Um, he was just denying everything. And um, they even tried questioning him about the address book. He had nothing to say about that. So then his good old friend Randy comes in. I think we all have a friend like Randy if we're bad people. Because Randy was there. Randy just came in and he shone like a star. So I kind of feel bad for Randy, I'm honestly. Uh, Randy confirmed that he was actually in the car with Olsen the day Judy, Judy went missing. Um, he also confirmed that Olsen had raped and tortured and abused him um, as well. So once the police heard that, they're like, okay, enough. This guy, he's getting charged. Um, so they bring they go back into Olsen's room and the police started talking to him. And they're like, we know, you, you know, your friend Randy just came in and testified against you and you're in trouble. Like you're, you're in for it. So he kind of looks up at a poster of all the missing children, which I'll post on my Instagram. It's very sad. And um, he's just started freaking telling everything, like just verbal diarrhea about all the kids. And, you know, he starts to make, he's like, okay, you know, I'll make you an offer. He's like, I'll tell you where all the kids are if you put me in a psychiatric ward instead of going to prison with all these men. Because he knows that rapists and like pedophiles and all these things will be tortured the worst in prison so he's trying to get out of it police are like absolutely not so then, they, then he tries his luck one more time he's literally trying to bargain his way out the cheeky bugger um and he's like okay how about this he's like if i if you give me a hundred thousand dollars i will tell you where every single body is and the rcmp actually say yes they're like sure and they put the money into his this is where his wife comes in um obviously because he can't spend it because he's gonna be going to prison for a long fucking time 
Um, they, he puts it into a trust fund for his wife, a hundred thousand dollars. I literally could not believe that. I couldn't believe that that was even allowed, but I guess we're just so desperate to have closure for these families. So they did. Um, so they put it in a trust fund and he was, that was granted and it was all good. Um, and then as soon as I came out in the tabloids and everything, the headlines were just like cash for corpses and everyone was in an uproar and uh later on after that they actually changed that that there could never be any bargaining within the law and within like you know people trying to basically get money for the crimes they've committed essentially even though they're going to be in jail um he was charged with 11 counts of murder and then he decided to plead not guilty um and then whatever happened that night he came back into court and he um, reversed his plea and decided to plead guilty. And um, he was put in life in prison with absolutely the recommended of no parole. Um, and then on September 30th of 2011, um, he died of cancer and he was then dubbed the Beast of BC. Now, that is the story of Mr. Olsen um, and essentially one of uh, Canadians or Canada's um, first ever known serial killers. Now, I never, ever heard of him. I, I, I don't even know how I came across the story. But, um, yeah, I'll post some pictures of um, him, the dirty robin animal. And, you know, he actually kind of looks normal. He doesn't, you know how sometimes there's these pictures of these freaking serial rapists and murderers and you're just like, oh, God. You give him the heebie-jeebies. He actually doesn't look terrifying for some reason. But that is the story. I hope you guys enjoy. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, and check out my Instagram, Murder on Her Mind Podcast. And that's where I'll post some pictures. If you don't have Instagram, I also have a pa- Facebook page, Murder on Her Mind. Okay. Um, so thanks so much and uh, happy listening. Bye bye.